Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, Alpha Males? Welcome to Alpha Male Podcast, where we talk about what it means to be a man. The right way, made in the image of God. Strong, dominant, and in control. We don't apologize for that. You listen for any length of time, you'll know that I normally put in a tactical verse of the day at the end. I might put an additional one at the end, but I'm going to put one here in the beginning. Jesus told his disciples in the Gospel of Luke, He who has no sword, let him sell his cloak and buy one. Now, a sword is a defensive tool. Jesus is telling his disciples to have swords. That was the main defensive arm, I believe, of the day. And that's a whole philosophical thing that probably should be its own episode or more. Just did an episode that, I don't know if it'll come out before or after this, but hopefully you're subscribed, on Christian warriors. But it's a good verse about blades. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, blades obviously can, have been, and will be used for defense, but it's not their entire purpose. Today, we're going to be talking about a blade battery, a good battery of blades that would be a good, well-rounded, not everything, right? If you're into wood carving, if you're going to carve out a dugout canoe, you're going to want different things. If you're making cabinets, if you're a carpenter, Obviously, you have some special blades in there like chisels, a planing knife. But for the vast majority of other things, for most men, a good blade battery, a good well-rounded collection of blades. thought it would be a good fun topic, so gather around this virtual bonfire and this virtual tribe and let us have a good episode about knives. First, let's talk about choppers. Chopping blades. I don't know if that's an actual category that most people use, but it's one that I'm going to use here. These are going to be a chopping blade, a bigger blade for chopping. Chopping down trees, chopping brush, but in that category of choppers. The first one that comes to mind is a good hatchet. Hatchets and tomahawks, there is a difference. I'm a big fan of the hawk. I used to do the rendezvous. They even competed in hawk throwing, which is different than kind of what you might consider today, like the trendy go out and throw the hatchets. But I got nothing against that if you want to do that. But a hawk is different than a hatchet. But either one of these in this category, like a small, much smaller than a full-size axe. Something you could chop down a decent sized tree with. It's not going to be a full size axe. It's not going to be a chainsaw. But it'll get the job done. If you're looking for a good all around. You might look at the Rendezvous Hawks. You may also look at like the Cold Steel Riflemans. 
If you want like one of the more traditional standby hatchets, East Wing has been making hatchets for a long time. They make good quality, kind of like last a lifetime and then some hatchets as long as you don't do anything silly with it or lose it and drop it overboard. Whatever the case might be, the East Wing hatchets, anything like that, a good utilitarian hatchet. Even I would put into this category like a carpenter's hammer if you're not familiar with basically a hatchet on one side and then a more traditional hammer on the other. Those can be very utilitarian as well but a good chopping implement and that's not the only chopping implement. The other big one that comes to mind is a machete and a machete is a great utilitarian tool especially if you live in an area with a lot of brush. You think like Cultures with a lot of jungles, Africa, South America, Central America. Machetes are big there and for good reason. They're great at that kind of stuff. A hatchet is good at chopping wood, at chopping down small trees. It's not great for, you know, hacking your way through greenbrier. Or kudzu or whatever you have in your area. Whatever is native to the Amazon that I'm not familiar with, right? It's not great for that. Machetes are great for that. Machetes are great for hacking your way through greenbrier or kudzu or many other things where most of the stuff is thin brush and you might get to a small tree you want to hack down and it'll do that. But if you're trying to clear a bunch of smaller stuff, vines, briars, things like that, a machete does really well for that. And the other one is kind of unique and I think it's become popular in the several decades since World War II, and that's the kukri. And the kukri is a great all-around. It's kind of a mix of both. It's good for brush. It's good for things like that. It's also really good for chopping. Probably not as good as a decent hatchet, but much better than a regular machete. A kukri is really good. And I think it goes without saying that any of these are a great melee weapon. Right, machetes are used throughout the world, kind of sadly, for for weapons. Machetes are a nasty weapon. I mean, they're not a firearm. I'm not telling you to get rid of your handgun and carry a machete. But some places, people just aren't allowed to have handguns. Or they straight up can't afford a handgun. Or something larger. <clears throat> but in a lot of places, a machete is like the go-to weapon. And they are a legit weapon. They're more than just a weapon. They're a great utility tool. They're a great crossover. The kukri less so. They're just more expensive, less common throughout the world. But they're a, they're kind of renowned as a melee weapon. And obviously tomahawks here in America and cultures throughout history. Right? Hatchets, tomahawks. Those are weapons. Going all the way back to like the Viking era and things like that. They're all decent melee weapons. Now, if you want a really great melee weapon, you're probably going to want a more specialized thing than the utility tool. But just know that any of them will will double as that and make a, make a decent melee weapon. And it really kind of depends on your environment, right? If you're in South Georgia with, with the brushes basically like a jungle, you know, then yeah, you might want a machete. If you're going out and you plan to build a semi-permanent structure with pretty legit size trees, logs, things like that, you're doing quite a bit of limbing and 
things like that. A hatchet makes a lot of sense. And if you wanted something kind of in the middle, again, the kukri. And those are pretty good, legit chopping weapons. So take your pick. A good manufacturer, Ontario, cold steel. I just heard, sadly, that... Uh, from two different places, so that's two witnesses, that Ontario Knife Company might be going under, whether they're just getting sold to another company and the knives and stuff will continue, I don't know. That is kind of sad news though, as they make a lot of really good stuff. They make a decent kukri. I'm sure they make machetes and all manner of things, but a good reputable company that makes good, solid, well, heat-treated steel, like cold steel, Ontario, things like that, will make a variety of these different implements. Next, I'm going to talk about a sawing blade, a sawing thing, something for sawing. And this can be as easy as a ranger saw, commonly called, which is basically just a coarse wire or set of smaller wires braided together that you can either just grab and use. I'm not a big fan of the handles that come on them. I would make better ones out of a 550 cord or something. Or you can get it and bend a sapling, cut it, cut a sapling down, bend it over, and make of one of the old school bow saws with just a ranger saw. So if you want like the lightest weight option, you don't think you're going to need it. You're not primarily going out to use it, but it's your bug out bag or it's your backcountry bag, and you may decide you want to cut some clean lines in wood for making traps for whatever, because you can hack down. A tree or a sapling or whatever but if you want clean usable lines for making a trap making a fish trap or a Paiute deadfall or any manner of things you want to make a chair right you want some clean lines uh, a decent saw is nice for that if you want to step up from those kind of simple ranger saws if you already had the machete you might decide you want a machete with a saw back it's not a great saw usually but it's a saw it'll work and there's Silky is really well known, but there's many brands of just folding saws that don't weigh very much. And those, the ones that are designed to be a saw, they're generally pretty good saws. So something like those folding saws. Usually I'm talking about a wood saw if you wanted a specialty metal saw, especially in an urban environment. I could see a lot of use for that. In that case, you may just decide to have like a small hacksaw blade in your pack or something like that for the cutting of metal but I'm mostly talking about for cutting wood and those saws are also really handy for butchering you don't need a saw to butcher an animal you could butcher an entire you know buffalo with just a a buck knife but depending on what you want to do a saw comes in really handy right if you want to save the ribs and cook the ribs and things like that and not have the entire rib cage a saw comes in pretty handy if you want to let's say cut the legs up a certain way, the hindquarters, and make like hams with the bone in, right? A saw comes in pretty handy for that. Don't need it, but it's nice to have. So if you want like a good butchering kit and you're going to butcher out in the field, a good saw is nice to have. The next one is probably like the one. If you said you could only have one blade for whatever reason, right? And assuming I had a firearm as well, because... You know, yeah, I think you should if you're able to. And you could only have one. This would be a lot of people's one. It would be my one, a decent fixed blade knife. And even if you have a machete, you have a kukri, you have a hatchet, I think a good, 
decent sized fixed blade knife makes a lot of sense. There's a reason I'm talking about the battery. You know, I enjoy the movie Rambo like a lot of other men, but I don't think it's very realistic to just think that all you need is one knife with a hollow handle and a bunch of stuff in it. I think you need more than just the one knife. That's why I'm doing the battery episode. But a good fixed blade knife is hard to beat for a lot of situations. A good robust fixed blade knife. Traditional designs like a Bowie or an Arkansas toothpick here in America, which probably even predate America and go back to European designs or lend heavily from them. Something like a K-Bar, which is you know kind of made famous by the Marine Corps, but I believe was an adaptation of other earlier big hunting knives and utility knives. Something like a K-Bar is kind of quintessential, iconic. In fact, if you want just an easy recommendation for a good, utilitarian, affordable, utility, fighting knife crossover, it's kind of what their K-Bar was designed to be. So K-Bar will be a hard one to beat there. It's a, it's a good, easy recommendation. I was a Marine, Marine infantryman. I did carry a K-Bar in war. But a K-Bar kind of epitomizes this. I'm not saying it's the best for you. I'm not even saying it's the best, period. I'm just saying it's a good, easy one to recommend. If you, have, if you don't even have a fixed blade good knife, I would say that's a good place to start. I don't know that you'd regret having a K-Bar. One of my favorites is a Topps Tracker. They have the Mini, which is actually one of my favorite EDC fixed blades, but I'm talking about bigger than the Mini. The just a regular size is a pretty big, beefy knife. And if there was a good knife that was a crossover, not that you couldn't chop down a tree with a K-Bar, but it'd take a while. If you wanted a good crossover that was a good fixed blade that crossed over into the chopping world, and even the saw world because it has a saw on it, the Tops Tom Brown tracker design. I've been trying these for years. When I first got it, I thought, I'll try it. Maybe it's a gimmick. It kind of looks strange, but I really like those knives. In fact, I'm in Alaska now, and I've been scout carrying a Topps Tracker, and I've carried one EDC for years, usually the Mini. I've carried them doing all kinds of backcountry stuff. I don't think the design is a gimmick. I think there's real merit in it. I'm not saying that you have to love it, but I'm saying that I've kind of grown to love it. And it's, again, a good crossover if you wanted something to chop down a tree. Not as good as a hatchet, but better than a lot of other fixed blade designs. It's kind not it's not a kukri, but it has a, it shares a similar principle, completely different design. I say Topps Tracker. There are other companies that make a tracker style in life. I trust Topps. I'm not endorsed by them. They don't give me any money, any kickbacks or anything. But I kind of trust their heat treat, their steels, usually... There are other steels available, but usually those come in 1095, which is a really good, robust, hardworking steel. Not the best corrosion resistance, but they usually coat the blade. So it's a good, it's a good knife. Gerber makes a lot of good, notable fixed blade knives like the LMF or the Strong Arm. A cold steel, the SRK makes different versions, and that's a great looking knife. I don't own one, but that seems like a really, really good design. If you're really on a budget and kind of the go-to and they have a really strong following is the Mora's. I do have a Mora. It's a good sharp knife. It's a decent design. It's not super robust. Despite what many people might espouse, I wouldn't want to just have that as my one blade and go out into the wilderness. I would do it, but you know, if somebody said all expenses paid right now, I'll drop you off with 
appropriate clothing and shelter on, you know, Kodiak Island with a Bible, a Mora knife, and a Mosin Nagant with a decent array of cartridges, I'd say, yeah, let's do it. But it wouldn't be my choice if they said you can have one fixed blade knife. I would not pick the Mora for that. There are beefier versions of the Mora, but like your 1999 Mora, it's a good knife. It's a good knife for the money. It's a maybe one of the best values in knives. So if you want to start there, that's fine. And they do make more robust versions. But to me, a Mora is what it is. A good, affordable, sharp, less robust fixed blade knife. And again, I'm talking about the basic models of Mora. And my one knife, I've talked about this before, you know, if I could only have one of all the knives that I have and all the knives that I know about, I think it would be the White River Firecraft. I really like that. It's been my EDC, one of my go-to EDC knives. If you don't know, I generally EDC carry a fixed blade. And I actually got it when I was the commander of a tactical team. When I was thinking about the grappling and fighting on the ground, if I couldn't get to my gun, I wanted a decent fixed blade. And ironically, I picked that for a combat knife even though it was designed for kind of bushcrafty and the name firecraft for fire starting and i also really love it for that too i love it for being out in the wild and starting fires it's phenomenal for that it's a great crossover knife it's a great size it's not too big to edc for me every day and i should say i'm not a lawyer i'm not giving you legal advice some of the knife laws even here in the u.s can be let's say convoluted and hard to understand so you do your own research, but if you can EDC a fixed blade, I like fixed blades. The White River would be my one choice if I could have one knife. If you said, for whatever reason, theoretically, one knife for the rest of your life, one knife design. As I know me, I'm likely to lose it or break it or something. That's like the, the design that you have to stick to. Of all the knives that I know that exist, that would be the one. It's a good fixed blade knife. And I'm not telling you to get that knife. I'm saying that a good fixed blade knife is kind of the backbone of this battery, right? A good fixed blade knife. I'm not saying you can only have one fixed blade knife, but I'm saying I think you should have at least one good fixed blade knife on your bug out bag, on your bailout bag, in your car if you're not going to EDC it, whatever the case might be, right? In your hunting pack, on your boat, on your vessel. You know, a good fixed blade knife makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, I'm going to talk about, because I know most people, and I'm here to serve, right? I know most men probably don't EDC a fixed blade just from... And this might be its own episode. I have on Alpha Male Podcast, if you listen on Spotify, which I would encourage because it lets you put out thumbnails on there of the different episodes, which is kind of cool. And it also lets you put a survey question. So if you're listening to this on iTunes or something else, you might want to try Spotify. I don't particularly like them for music because of all the commercials. But you can listen to the podcast on there and you can answer the survey question. 
And I know from the survey questions being answered, at least in this audience, and I think men as a whole will generally, if they're into EDC and they carry a pocket knife, which I would really encourage you to carry a pocket knife for EDC. Even if you carry a gun, just as a man, right? Unless you're going to the airport, sadly. I'd encourage you to carry a knife. Most men, I think, and it's backed up by a lot of by a lot of circumstantial evidence. I've never seen an empirical scientific study done by like the CDC or something about what men EDC. Not that I would particularly see them as a great authority on a lot of stuff, but I think most men carry a folding knife. So I think that should be part of this because that's what most men are going to carry. Even me today, right? I was at the gym and in my workout shorts, I had a buck 110 slim. It's a folding knife. And that's my number one recommendation for anybody if you want to get into the world of EDC and carrying a good knife. It's a great knife, the buck 110 slim i denote the slim the old school 110s are great if you want like an heirloom quality knife or to give it to like a boy scout or something but generally they're not the best for edc because you have to carry them on a belt pouch which i'm usually already carrying a handgun and a backup magazine sometimes the tourniquet will go in my belt sometimes in my pocket i don't want to have that thing on my belt as well the old school ones the new ones the slim is as the name denotes is much slimmer depending on the design, usually much lighter, and it has a pocket clip, which may not sound like a big deal, but it's a big deal because it clips right into your pocket and it's slim. It also has a thumb stud on both sides, which I really like, which may seem like a small detail, but when you've got something in your other hand and you're trying to open the knife, it's a lot better, in my opinion, than those old little thumb cutouts in the blade. The Buck 110 Slim is a phenomenal, phenomenal choice it'll do pretty much anything i like the clip point blade i know a lot of people don't they say it's not as strong but i like the clip point especially for butchering animals or doing fine work i like to put my finger up on it like a sharp finger like when i'm reaching up into the cavity of an animal to trim out the heart and stuff like that because i like to eat the heart and stuff like that if i'm trying to do fine precise cuts in meat i like that clip point blade it's also great for puncturing into stuff so yeah the buck 110 slim but i'm not saying that's the one that's just usually my number one recommendation it still is and i've been on let's call it a journey of discovery trying different things and i've tried many different folding knives mostly for you guys because i know that most men carry a folding knife so i've been off and on trying different knives the k-bar dozier would probably be my second recommendation if you want something a little bit smaller a little bit less aggressive looking you might try the k-bar dozier especially in d2 it's not bad it's good affordable knife and the buck 110 slim is not an expensive knife either but the k-bar dozier a lot of people like the ontario rat it's not my favorite but it's not a bad knife if you want to rock the ontario rat while you can get it if they stop making it i don't know if they will or won't Gerber makes a lot, and I think one of the more popular ones, at least on the surveys from this podcast, is the CRKT M16. You want, you know, a more traditional point, you want a Tonto, you want partial serrations, all that stuff. CRKT M16 has been around for a lot of years. That's that's 
kind of what they will call a model, but there's many, many different sub-models in there from the more practical looking to the more tactical looking. Also, the cold steel makes a lot of good folding knives. The Tough Light is a good one. It's one that I carried for a while. But it's really up to you. You know, what do you like? Again, my number one is a Buck 110 Slim, but if you decide you want a Tonto or something like that, and if you want to go premium, those are all good value knives. You can go with the really high-end Buck 110 Slim, which gives you a really nice super steel. You can go up to the Benchmades, whether it's the Bug Out, which is a really good lightweight option, the Bailout, which is a really good lightweight option. They make one that's very similar to the high-end Buck 110 Slim, and that would be the Tag Out. That's pretty new. And the Griptilian, the Osborne, the Benchmades are kind of known for that. Benchmade, they're expensive knives, but they're good knives. You want to step up like one of the nicer Spyderco's. I don't personally, and I've never, well that's not true, I won a Spyderco once for a national shooting competition. But other than that, I've never had a Spyderco. I don't think I've ever bought a Spyderco. I just think they're usually butt ugly. That's in the eye of the beholder. I think a lot of people really like the way the Spydercos look. I don't have any knocks on them for their quality or their sharpness or their steel. I just don't like the way they look. There are a couple that I do like the way they look, but I've just never just never bought one. But like the Spyderco Paramilitary, any of their really good versions, and I say good mostly denoting better steel. I'm usually referring to like a super steel, like an S30V, an S35VN, and let's not get too nerdy on this podcast, but super steels actually are pretty super. They can cut a lot more without needing to be sharpened. Maybe don't go there if it's your first kind of go-to EDC knife because they are harder to sharpen a lot of times. But I'm just throwing it out there if you wanted a little bit nicer of an EDC pocket knife. But I think for most people, that's the knife they're going to use most of the time. And much like the other ones we talked about, the fixed blade and the folding knife, they can be used as a weapon. A knife is a weapon. I would select a pocket knife, a folding EDC knife, that you can use as a weapon. It should be a decent weapon because that may be the only thing that you have. It may be that somebody has got you pinned down and your gun is on your other side pinned down. It's a big reason I like to carry my knife on my opposite side of my gun. But there could be many reasons why the knife is your weapon at the time. So I think it should double as a decent fighting tool. Knife fighting is, you know, different podcast, different episode, but it should, you should have some training in knife fighting, I think, as a man. And I think you're, if you're EDCing, if you're EDCing a fixed blade, obviously it applies to that, but if you're EDCing even a folding knife, you should look at it and say, this is not the worst defensive option ever. I'm not advising you to carry like one of the old timers. Those are great backup knives, like an old timer or some or a case knife, but like a non-locking knife. I'm not saying you couldn't use it as a defensive tool, but not a great one. Right, like a not locking knife, a little pen knife. That's what I'm talking about. It, they're a good knife. You might want to carry it as a secondary, as like a sacrificial blade, but I wouldn't advise those as a go-to EDC knife. Maybe if you live in a jurisdiction where that's all you could have, like a non-locking, very small knife. But if that's not a criteria, a more substantial one, that I'm not even saying the primary reason you carry the pocket knife is as a weapon, mostly for a utility tool and a cutting tool, but if you had to, it would be 
could be a decent melee weapon. Now let's talk about multi-tools, because not everything is a Rambo situation. You're not always trying to free POWs in Vietnam. Or in a situation like The Hunted, right? That Those are movies. And not saying those situations can't happen. Again, I, I carried a K-Bar in, in war. But the multi-tool has a lot of utility. And there are a couple of basic kinds of multi-tool. The first one is kind of the classic Swiss Army knife. I mean, first is in, first that I'm going to talk about. I don't know which was the actual first multi-tool. Probably something in the ancients. But the first one I'm going to talk about is like the Swiss Army knife. Whether you're talking about like a Victorinox or some... You get what I'm talking about when I say that. It's even, I think, become kind of a common saying for a multifunctional thing, a Swiss Army knife. Victorinox, I think, being by far the most common and popular, well-made one, they are really good. I have one in my go-to bag, and I I commonly call it like a bug-out bag, but it's also my hunting bag, my living in Alaska bag, out in the backcountry camping bag. It's my big bag. In there, I have a Swiss Army knife even though I have a big fixed blade knife on there, and I generally EDC another knife. Right, I like the Swiss Army knife in there. Sometimes I want a really small blade. I don't need a locking blade if I'm doing small, tedious, careful tasks. I like the awl, like if I'm trying to make a hole through a piece of wood. Could I do it with a large fixed blade knife? I could, but the awl is nice and handy. Sometimes the screw on my holster comes loose and I need a decent screwdriver and anything from like the Victorinox classic that's a good little knife again I'm not saying that should be your only thing unless that's all that you can legally carry or something but little Victorinox classics there's a lot of utility I use those for a lot of things like the little tweezers like in the southwest where you're pulling cactus out of you and your dog quite frequently the little tweezers come in handy pulling out splinters, things like that. You can use them to make shims and lock picks if you have to. So the multi-tool, I think, is part of a basic battery. I'm not saying that should be your entire toolkit. I'm not saying to throw out the toolbox in your truck and just have one of those, but they're nice to have on you. And they're nice to have if you're going somewhere where you're not going to take an entire toolbox. Maybe you're taking the family out to the beach. Maybe a decent multi-tool is decent for that. The other kinds of multi-tools are kind of like the folding, usually plier multi-tools. And that's not strictly the only kind, but that's the most common kind, right? And you're talking about your Leathermans and your Gerbers. I've had many over the years. I also carried a Gerber even when I carried a full fixed blade knife in combat because I have had an MOS that no longer exists, 0351 Assaultman. We dealt a lot with demolitions, we were infantry, but specialized infantry. We use C4 and all kinds of explosives, and that requires specialty tools and different kinds of tools. Enemy machine gun nests, getting through, getting through concertina wire, razor wire, barbed wire, breaching obstacles, those kinds of things. That's kind of was our was our specialty. We carried a Gerber multi-tool kind of for that. It had a C4 punch, had a blasting cap crimper, had a bunch of other tools on it. Used that thing all the time. Had a 
a metal saw. If I'm making something like, let's say, an improvised Bangalore torpedo out of engineer stakes in C4, <clears throat> a multi-tool has got a lot of function for that. Likewise, going back to taking your family to the beach. Something on the little red wagon comes loose, or somebody gets a splinter, or something like that. Right? A multi-tool has a lot of function for that. I have for a long time, or did for a long time, carry a Victorinox Classic. I really like that for an EDC, not as my go-to blade, but as my kind of sacrificial blade and small multi-tool. But I have recently been carrying, and am carrying right now, a Leatherman Signal. Leatherman Signal, if you don't know, is kind of the survival-y Leatherman. It's a good, good option. I've done an entire video on it. I don't do a lot of videos on YouTube, but Good Shepherd Training channel. If you want to contact me, also goodshepherdtraining.com, goodshepherdtraining.com. But there's a Good Shepherd Training YouTube channel. I don't want that to be the primary thing. I don't particularly want to be YouTube famous. But I did a review on the Leatherman Signal there, some mods. But that's kind of the survival one as I spend a lot of time out in the backcountry and in the bush. It's got a fire starter, got a whistle, got a knife sharpener, which is pretty cool. Because if you're carrying a knife, not just on that. But I generally carry another knife and even another one on my bag. It's nice to have a way to sharpen that. Anyway, multi-tools have a lot of multifunctionality. It's in the name. It's what they're for. And I think even if you don't want an EDC one day to day, one in your truck or one in your bag, one in your office, for the alpha male, this is not the average man podcast. This is not the, hey, let me never have what I need and always go to somebody else. This is like being the guy that can do it kind of podcast I think a multi-tool makes a lot of sense and that's kind of the last category I think we're going to talk about without getting into specialty stuff but I think that's a pretty good well-rounded blade battery this is more of a light-hearted fun episode I don't plan on stopping doing the more deep philosophical ones but hopefully you enjoyed this gathering around this virtual campfire and just talking about blades. If you enjoy this podcast, hopefully you're subscribed, you like it, leave a review, leave some stars, consider sharing. If you want more, goodshepherdtraining.com, goodshepherdtraining.com. With that, the tactical tip of the day. Tactical tip of the day, a ferro rod. Ferro rod, short for ferrocium rod, it's some kind of metallurgy, and I'm not a metallurgist, but soft iron and other elements composite. It's usually to start fires. Those are pretty well known. They also make, several companies I think, make smaller versions with holes drilled into them, which may seem like a trivial thing, but it's not if you want it as part of your EDC. I will generally have one attached to the holster with a piece of 550 cord or micro cord or something to a knife. That way it can start a fire. If you've got a hard piece of iron or even a hard stone or something, you can get a fire started with a ferrocium rod. They make the small ones with the toggles. Or I should say they make the small ones with the holes, either one or two, so you can use them as a toggle on a jacket or, in this case, on a knife or on your EDC. Consider getting some of those and putting them on your general go-to EDC knives. Even most folding pocket knives a lot of time will have a hole in them for a lanyard on that lander, you could put said ferrocium rod. Anyway, that's your tactical tip of the day. 
tactical verse of the day we talked about in the beginning from the Gospel of Luke. Let he who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. However, I don't want to give you that as the only tactical verse of the day. So, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and keep his lips that they speak no guile. Be careful what you say, men. The Bible says for every idle word we shall give an account. The Bible also says no man can tame the tongue. But it's a good thing to exercise discipline in, and I think the world would be a better place if a lot of people thought that way. Even, hopefully, I I hope that everyone in the world will become a Christian. But even non-Christians, I think, would benefit from this. Uh, Obviously, it's the word of God, so everybody would benefit from it. But this verse, I'll read again. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, that they speak no guile. It's also written, you shall not circulate a false report. One of the Ten Commandments. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Be careful what rumors you spread, what slander you speak. Men, I'd encourage you to be wise and prudent with your words. With that, thanks for listening, and have a blessed day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.